This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 7th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who frankly had some explaining to do when he got home last night, Jerem Jordan. Uh, We didn't even talk about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm referencing a tweet from... Your wife. Yeah. Oh, I'm well aware. Who quote tweeted your uh, idea to shave your head if BYU football makes the college football playoff with one word. Stop! Yeah. We didn't even talk about it. She knows the drill. She knows <laughs> I'm crazy. She knew what I was when she picked me up, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah, she regretting that decision? The marriage? <laughs> Probably. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Whatever. Uh, it's all good. I told Kalani Sitake after the show, we chatted. I said, hey, today I said... If you make the playoff, I'm going to shave my head. I said, hey, the playoff's going to be hard, right? But you're six. There's a chance. So uh, keep winning. I got a text message from hashtag I am Jack Del Mooney yesterday saying, I can't wait to shave Jerem's head. Yeah. He texted me as well uh, saying, I can't wait until you look like this. And it was a picture of Jason Ayu. <laughs> and I said, Jason is a very good looking man. And he said, no, he isn't. I make him look good. And I was like, wow, Jack. You've given BYU football all the motivation yeah. they need. Listen, uh, you know, dance around and uh, Facebook video. I love it. Periscopes. Uh, Jack DeMooney is keeping Periscope alive by himself, by the way. Yes, he is. When, is Periscope said, still a thing? Twitter bought it. Meerkat? Twitter, yeah. One time I did a whole show. <laughs> I had Meerkat was this competitor with Periscope, which is a live thing on Twitter. Anyway, so now, um, yeah, now, now we, that'd be silly. But I did a whole show where I just had Meerkat live. Right here. Like, I just stuck it right here. Super weird. Incredible viewership, I'm sure. Yeah, Meerkat. <laughs> Crushed it. Hopefully we can motivate you with today's show lineup, like Jerem is motivating the BYU football team with the prospect of shaving his head once again. Former BYU great, the last Cougar quarterback to be drafted, John Beck will join us live. What in the world did he teach Zach Wilson in those summer training sessions? Did you know that Zach Wilson... Every weekend in the summer, would drive to California. Did you know Jeremy? that Ziggy Ansah didn't play football before? Did you know that Corbin Kafusi is 6'10"? Oh, yeah. Did you know that okay. Bronze Kafusi plays football and basketball? What are the other ones? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I don't know. The oft-publicized Did you know stories? that Tanner Mangum was a Boise State fan growing up? Did you know that Zach Wilson was a Utah fan growing up? So here's the thing. We're going to find out what John Beck did yeah. with Zach Wilson in those summer training sessions. He is affectionately known as Joe Beck here because Ja Beck was here. Jason Beck, quarterback coach of Virginia, and Joe Beck. Okay. That was a fun season. Is Zach Wilson better than John was when John was a junior? Mm. We're going to tackle that question as well. Zach will educate all of us on his attention to detail in an incredible film room. Plus, one-on-one with Fred Warner's favorite college football player and the recipient of a SportsCenter Top 10 designation, Troy Warner, how he feels like he can help Zach Wilson block out the national noise. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Go ahead, Coach Kalani Satake gave an injury update last night on the Satake Show, which you can see right after us today or on demand on the BYU TV app. Center James Empey, right guard Tristan Hodge are still being evaluated. Jeff Grimes made it sound like it might not happen this week, but maybe next week. Running back Sione Finau is close to playing in a game after tearing his ACL last season. He's been practicing for a few weeks. And defensive lineman Uriah Leia Tawa started practicing last week after an injury in fall camp. So 
some hopeful good news for Sione Fino and Uriah Leatawa. Uh, let's get James Empey and Tristan Hodge back. Uh, their replacements played really well against La Tech, which were Joe Tukuafu and Shannon Herring moved over to right guard. And then Blake Freeland and Harris with chance played uh, right tackle. Yeah, our best wishes to all of the guys uh, nursing those injuries and sicknesses to get back. If some Zach Wilson Heisman hype is good, more is better. Every day, baby. Let's go. Many of you may not think more is better, but like it or not, it's happening. Thanks to the national media. The most recent to join the fun pro football focus has Wilson at number five in their list of current Heisman hopefuls. 949 passing yards, 11 total touchdowns, only one interception. Oh, and he has the highest completion percentage in the entire country. How about that, man? Just every day, Heisman and Zach Wilson. The state of Utah continues its ban on fans in LaBelle Edwards Stadium, but still allows nails expos. For a third straight game, Saturday against UTSA, Lance Taki says he, know Coug- he knows Cougar Nation is still behind the team. It would have been nice to have the fans there. and you know we, we know that they love us, and we know they love the program. The players know it, and families are really excited about being there to support their, their sons, their brothers, and um, you know, husbands, things like that. Some fans are discussing organizing a social distance watch party in public. Some players have expressed issues with... Uh, not allowing families only. We'll discuss coming up uh, later. We'll see if anything changes for the other four home games to be placed after this week. It's tough because when you talk about families only, 500 people in a stadium that holds 63,000, you would think that you would be able to do it safely. But it, five, 500 people will walk through Costco between 9 and 10 a.m. <laughs> Much more on that coming up in about 25 minutes. BYU men's basketball reportedly the front runner to replace Notre Dame at the Legends Classic MTE at Mohegan Sun, a casino and resort in Connecticut. Via CBS Sports' John Rothstein on Twitter. BYU has emerged as a primary candidate to replace the Fighting Irish in the Legends Classic. Rest of the field includes UConn, USC, and Vanderbilt. That's an upgrade from what BYU was going to play in their multi-team events. Yes, it is. And is it good enough? We'll discuss uh, coming up. And then this literally just in, uh, about a minute ago, the West Coast Conference released the Women's Basketball Conference schedule. BYU begins the uh, conference play on December 28th at San Francisco. First home game on January 4th. And uh, perusing quickly, looking, when does BYU play Gonzaga? That's the big one. February 18th at Gonzaga. And then uh, there'd be a second one in there somewhere as well. So, yes, this just out. BYU. Uh, is that the only? They only play once against Gonzaga? Only one against Gonzaga. One game, and it's at Gonzaga. BYU doesn't get a home game with Gonzaga. Okay, January January 23rd at home as well. So that's There good. was about to be a meeting. I was going to say, the women play twice against everybody. It's the men that do not. But, uh, yeah, that's just in. We do not have the men's basketball schedule for the league or non-conference. We have an idea of some of the non-conference publicly, but uh, excited to get that whenever it comes out. Let's throw in another note about the men's basketball team. Updated bracketology from ESPN and Joe Lunardi. He has the Cougars as an 11 seed, one of the last four in, playing Providence in the first four. What changed? BYU hasn't been in. Now they're in today. Like, did they play a game or something? What well, happened? he saw Andy Katz's bracket and felt like he was left out. So, How dare you? Joe Lenardi's the main guy. <laughs> you love Andy, though. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Don't drink the poison. It's going to cause all types of harm. Block out the national noise. 
Just focus on all of the things that you can control one day at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time. Jerem, I'm starting to wonder this. Why not embrace the hype and national attention if you're BYU football and Zach Wilson and Kalani Satake and everybody involved with the team? Because it will inevitably burn you. No, uh, this is a game that we play, right? A lot of programs seek what BYU has right now. Attention, relevance, ranking, winning. These are all great things. Uh, In terms of embracing it, I think it's a good question. Um, Because we've talked about, as an independent, without a conference, you don't have the sort of uh, relevance uh, quantifier that is uh, a conference standings, right? Oh, at least we're playing for the conference title, da-da-da. BYU is playing for a national ranking, and that's kind of it, right? Uh, Ten wins, beat your rivals, uh, do your best, I guess. This is good. What's going on right now is good. If you can't handle success, that's maybe why you wouldn't want to. Can BYU handle success? To me, this is not contingent on the fan base or the coaches. It is contingent on the players handling this. Because the best BYU teams have had great internal leaders. I think the leadership of this team is excellent. I think this team has been upset and bugged. If you're a senior, think about what you've endured. You've played a four-win season, a seven-win season, and a seven-win season. And now you have three wins. That's like if you're poor, you get some money, do you just blow it right away, or are you going to be smart about it? If you're always smart about it, they will, they will enjoy the moment but still prepare really well. If you can't focus really well and aren't dialed in and you don't prepare well and give an immense effort because now you think you're something, which Zach Wilson told us yesterday on the show, uh, 15th ranking doesn't mean anything. We could lose a couple games, we're out. Then that's where the issue is. But I hope and I think it is my prayer that BYU football can handle this that can handle this excitement and prepares really well and continues to play well. Here's what assistant head coach Ed Lamb said about handling the hype. It's uh, it's really just a change in, in obstacles. It's a change of of challenges. Uh, When a team is, is losing or disappointed or, or down at any point in the season, the challenge for the coaches becomes um, to, to get, to keep them believing in themselves. And, um, you know, we have the opposite issue right now. I, I think our guys very much believe in themselves, and, and we have to do a great job of making sure that our guys understand that every team is good, every team is capable of beating the Cougars. I think that's very well said. It's just a different type of hurdle. And recently, particularly in the Kalani Satake era, it has been overcoming the idea of, man, we just keep losing. What are we doing wrong? We can't catch a break. There are so many injuries. It's just things just aren't bouncing our way. Now this is the exact opposite, but as Coach Lamb pointed out, it's it's just a different type of hurdle. So, yeah, the dynamic changes, but the distraction is going to be there one way or another, whether it's ultra negative or ultra positive. It's about leadership from the coaches and, to your point, Leadership from the players on the field. And right now, BYU has experienced leadership in terms of the players on the field. That matters a lot. The le- the, that leadership has to decide to lead. Because I think about it. When you're young, uh, older people yelling what you should do at you doesn't always work. You have to decide to do it. So I, I think BYU will. Uh, topic two, BYU's won by 52, 41, and 31. It's been blowout city. So when will BYU play a close game, Spencer? Let's define close game. For me, a close game this season feels like something within 10 points, like a single-digit game. 
even a two-score game would feel oh, a little uncomfortable right now because of what BYU has been doing. I thought about, okay, if BYU plays Houston and wins 38-27, how would I feel? Nervous. <laughs> I would feel uneasy, nervous the entire time. But that's probably what's going to happen. So close game within single digits or close to 10 points, I feel like that's going to happen at Houston. There will be a lot of juice, especially for the Cougars in red in their home stadium. There will probably be a few fans there. Yep. It'll what's, be a what's new that going to be like? Houston hopefully will have played a game by then. And that's the key. If Houston doesn't get to play Tulane tomorrow night, and apparently there is uh, a threat of hurricane, a hurricane right? coming in and postponing the game. I feel so bad for everyone in that part of the country and for the Houston football team. So I hope they can play. Yeah. If they haven't played a game, Jerem, then I'm not really that worried about the Houston game because BYU is going to have a significant advantage. But I feel like if they play tomorrow night, that's going to be the first close game. The closest, the next close game is Boise State. Really? I think that BYU is going to win by 10 plus. Okay. So I was so scared for a second because yeah. the last time you it's said. It's going to be Saturday against you. No. Um, I, I trust that dude. <laughs> no, you don't. I think it's going to be Boise State. And then we'll see with San Diego State. Uh, it, listen, BYU is good. There's going to be a close game or close games. I look at 84. Uh, margins, 6 to Pitt, 5 to Hawaii, 3 to Wyoming, 5 to Air Force, 10 to Utah, 7 to Michigan. You forget. You forget. I forget. We forget. Even great teams play close games. That was a lot, by the way. Um, that was like five, five or six scores. BYU will play a close game. Is it going to be huge? It could be. I think BYU is going to respond well and, and win by 10+. plus. But uh, it's not going to be this Saturday, I don't think. I don't think it's going to be the next week. The, the resistance for BYU is to play up to a standard that they have set for themselves now. Like Ed Lamb said, it's a different uh, type of hurdle. What will the line be at Houston, I wonder? That's an interesting one. I, I don't think it'll be 10, but I, I could see it being like 7.5 plus, right? Like a one-ish score game. Yeah. I'm just glad you didn't put anything in the same sentence that involved the number 17 well, and Houston. Yeah, what's the close game? 17 minus. <laughs> Not 17 plus, 17 minus. The curse of 17 plus started with Houston. Look, it did. They're the worst 5-0 team in the country. That's what I said. In <laughs> and then we, then we played like a tiny, tiny uh, oh. margin game. And, and in game four, by the way. Here's the good news. BYU has been pretty good when they started 3-0, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 1980, BYU 7-0 in game four of the season. Started so BYU has had success. In fact, been perfect in this situation. Hopefully it continues. BYU about to go 4-0. And I think jump up at least one spot in the rankings based on the attrition that will happen. Here we go. It's natural to think if BYU wins, they'd go up at least. Question of the day. When will BYU football play a close game? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Eric Marrer answers on Instagram. Houston will be BYU's first real test. I'm thinking it could be a lot like it was in 2013 with Taysom Hill. Boise State is always close on the Smurf turf, except the one time they scored 50 points on BYU. They were a New Year's 16 that year, by the way. San Diego State has usually been a close game in the past, so who knows? I'm just hoping BYU runs the table no matter the score and goes bowling on New Year's Day. Win all the games, you got a shot. Okay, coming up, is there a way to get families into Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday? And what did John Beck teach Zach Wilson during those off-publicized summer training sessions? Because it's working. We're going to ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Joe Beck. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you have not seen this week's After Further Review, Coordinator's Corner, BYU Football's Clients Talk, and other episodes of BYU Sports Nation, don't worry. BYU TV's app is free. You can catch those shows, games, on demand, anytime you want. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is the last BYU quarterback to be drafted into the NFL, a second rounder to the Miami Dolphins, John Beck. John, we've been hearing about these summer training sessions uh, that you've had with Zach Wilson ad nauseum. What in the world did you teach him down there that is translating to the field now? You know, it is crazy how many times it comes up uh, when I watch the games. I mean, really, it's a culmination of years of training. I had an opportunity to meet Zach right after spring ball his freshman year. Um, And really what it is, it's just all these years stacked on top of each other. And it's him building, growing, developing, going back and doing spring ball, then coming back out here, then going back and doing summer workouts and coming back out here. So it's not anything like some magic potion or anything like that. It's really just been hard work, dedication, and then continually building on top of where he's at and then utilizing all of his tools. Zach comes with so many tools. It's really about tying them all together. Um, The great thing has been the continuity he's been able to have at BYU because the system hasn't changed. The coaches haven't changed. What they've been asking him to do in the offense has remained the same the whole time. So now it's we can elevate Zach and then get him to perform in the offense, utilizing everything that makes Zach special. And that's really what it's been. It's just been a continuation and constantly working on those things. I want to point out that the legs behind you are some notable legs, right? That's what Drew Brees and Tom Brady's legs behind you. Yeah. Do you know these legs? Ooh, wait, I I see Tom Brady to your right, our left, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Tom. Then, I'm trying to think. Drew? This is our office space, but I was told to not move the camera, otherwise it gets bad. But yeah, this is our office space. So, a lot of our starters, so like Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, we throw them up on the wall. So maybe one day there'll be a big Zach Wilson up here on our wall. <laughs> hey, maybe. And and tell people a little bit about what you're involved in because I, I believe you're still under the kind of the Tom House umbrella of coaches, right? Tom House, this arm guru. It's been pitching. It's been football he was featured in uh, i think it w- what was it called million dollar arm with the the two cricket players brought over um in in that, in that disney movie he's he's a guy that uh, has coached a lot of notable people as you're talking about yeah so i met tom through drew Brees. i'd been training with drew for years um drew had been working with tom for years um i got connected with tom but it was at a time when you know i really didn't get to play anymore in the nfl and tom just said hey look uh I'm getting more and more phone calls of NFL quarterbacks wanting to see what it is that Drew Brees has been doing, but I need somebody that knows football. I need somebody that can help me. So he basically just said, I'll make you a deal. I'll teach you everything I know about throwing. If you bring everything you know about quarterbacking and let's form this group. So it was me, Tom, and one other guy named Adam Dato. We formed 3D QB back in uh, 2013. And Tom's not in the day-to-day anymore. a little too old. He's also dealing with Parkinson's. So me and Adam run the company day to day. Tom still pops in here and there when some of our big time clients show up. But uh, yeah, it's been a huge blessing in my life to be able to stay around football, especially the quarterback position. I've been able to work with a lot of guys, train a lot of top draft picks. I love working with the NFL guys. You know, on Sundays, my job is to watch football. And on Mondays, my job is to watch the coaches tape of all the quarterbacks that we train. And on Tuesdays, 
I'm on phone calls with quarterbacks dealing with all the stuff they're going through, things they're trying to improve on, a lot of the mental aspects of their game that they have to deal with as an NFL quarterback, and it's the same with the college guys. So, you know, I mean, I can't complain. I literally just get to do quarterbacking, think quarterbacking, and watch quarterbacks every day. So I love it. He is the Monday morning quarterback, and don't anybody argue about it. John Beck is with us on BYU Sports Nation. John, walk me through the demeanor that you have when you are watching Zach Wilson specifically and a BYU football game. What is your mentality like? What are you doing? Is it copious note-taking? What's happening? No, not notes. There's a lot of rewinding um, because TV copies are a little bit difficult to see exactly what's going on from the routes and the concepts. You know, I've been able to spend so much time with Zach. A lot of the plays that he runs, um, we've repped them out here on the field. Um, a lot of his footwork tie into certain things. So a lot of the times I, I watch the play happen, I watch the end result, and then I want to just rewind it. Um, you know, uh, really it's, it's the following days when I can see actual game copies of what's going on, a little bit see more of the full field, what he's doing. And, um, you know, I, I really kind of try to stay, stay out of his hair. I mean, every once in a while we have just like a little like text back and forth, like, hey, man, I thought you played great. I thought this was really nice. You know, sometimes I will ask, like, hey, just kind of tell me what you were thinking on that one. You did such a good job there. I want to know your thought process. But that's it. I really just try to let the coaches coach. I mean, I don't get into reads ever with him. We never talk reads on this field. That's that's Aaron. That's Coach Grimes. That's what they do. You know, the work that we do, it's all about getting in a position to perform really well. So, I mean, these last three games, I've just walked away every game feeling like, man, Zach is just doing so many things right right now. Like, he just looks in command of the offense, in control of his feet. His eyes are going in good like directions. Like, it just looks like a seasoned veteran guy that's getting to run an offense that he knows so well and somebody that's just uh, really got his body doing the right things from a timing and footwork standpoint. What did you have to uh, maybe work with him on the most when he started to come to you a couple years ago versus now? Okay, so athletic quarterbacks, guys that are twitchy, that also have used their athleticism a lot in the level before. So I say the level before because sometimes we get NFL guys where the level before was college, but in Zach's case, it was high school. So really athletic kids in high school can tend to eat up a lot of space in the pocket, but there's usually more space in high school than there is in college. They can get away with some of the mistakes that their feet may make because of their athleticism. And you saw this, Zach's, freshman year a couple times during his sophomore year where sometimes his athleticism would take him a little too far into another space or sometimes his feet weren't always guiding him but he relied on athleticism so zach was making throws a little bit tougher than they needed to be and he was putting himself in a position that was a little bit tougher than it needed to be so what we really tried to work on was just hey i want you to keep all your athleticism but i want us to be a little bit smarter in the space that we chew up right? Let's be smarter also in the position you put yourself in. If you avoid this, you know, tackler, if you avoid your guard being pushed back up into you in this manner, here's how to do it while staying an efficient passer. Now, because, I mean, I've seen this so many times, these super athletic kids that can make these throws, they put themselves in too hard of a position. So it's more about overcoming and manufacturing the throw then it is about moving and sliding and still staying in a really good position to be efficient. And that's really what we've done with Zach, right? We haven't made him like more capable of making throws in some ways, but for the most part, Zach could do a lot of it. It's just about let's get you in the best position when you make that move. He talked last week about one thing he's learned from you uh, among many was throwing off platform. We've seen that in action. He's thrown several really good balls where, 
uh, like he's talked about learning from you, you're not going to be in a perfect footwork situation. And, and so far, so good. Yeah, you know, the, the throw I loved was it was the catch that Gunner made. That was, I mean, it was a phenomenal catch on the one-yard line, right? It was almost a touchdown where Zach kind of escaped in the pocket, spun, set his feet real quick, and threw that ball, right? Like, it's not uncommon for somebody that has not practiced that a lot to have the ability to make the throw, but maybe not be as accurate. So you may see them spin, flip their hips, throw that ball, and that may sail over the guy's head, right? Like, it may be high and right. He may yank it to the sideline. So it's like the potential's there, but it's not refined. Like, when I see Zach make those type throws, you see that it's become refined. Like, he makes those throws all the time on our field here. We ask him to make those throws. We put him in that difficult position. So it's kind of something that really I learned from Aaron Rodgers when I was playing. I would throw with Aaron all the time, and I would see Aaron only take a few reps where it was clean and in rhythm. And then Aaron would put himself in a lot of different positions. And I actually flat up, like, I asked him why. And he said, Brett Favre taught me this. He just said, if you go back on tape and you watch, it's not a lot of high percentage throws you get to make where everything's clean. So I practice in a non, like an off-platform environment. So I've just tried to take all of those things to what we do. You know, Tom House, he functions from a, a pitcher's mound. So in that way back, dating back to 2013, when we started this, it's, okay, quarterbacks have to function from different platforms. So it's kind of like all these things get put into Zach. Right. Okay, Zach, now let's have you do this all the time out here. We're not out here repping the throws that Zach can make with his receivers with no defense around. We're asking him to make those difficult throws. So when I see Zach make a throw like that in that game, I love it because I see that's all the work that that kid put, has put into it. To everybody else, that looks like kind of a, a, a scramble backyard type play. But what people don't know is behind the scenes, Zach has practiced that throw hundreds and hundreds of times. And that's the cool part for me when I watch these games and I watch the throws that Zach makes is I've seen that kid work through those things hundreds of times out here, and now it's happening on game day, and that's what's, that's, that's what's special about it. Former BYU and NFL quarterback John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. Outstanding stuff thus far. Uh, John, true or false, Zach Wilson right now as a junior is better than you were at this time as a junior. Oh, yeah, he's better. Yeah, <laughs> Zach's. Zach is at a uh, Zach's just at a different level of uh, understanding within his offense. He's running a system that he knows really well. He's been running for three years. He's he's refined so many things uh, with his feet, with his body stuff that if you were to go to me back then, I I, I didn't even know about these things. Um, so yeah, I mean it's <laughs> he better be better than me uh, because crap, <laughs> I mean I mean with how talented he already is. You know, here's something I'll say about Zach. When I'm, I've been around him a lot. He speaks very highly of his high school coach, and I, I want to say his name right, Coach Kerr, yes. I believe is his name, there at Corner Canyon. He really talks highly of him, of like the things that he introduced to him, the things he was asking to do. Like Zach entered with such a high level of understanding of so many things. Then, you know, you got to tip your hat to also what his dad's done and the sacrifices his dad has made because his dad has done a lot of things to, to – to help Zach learn these things, right? The quarterback development nowadays is so different than what it was late nineties, early two thousands of what quarterbacks, the information they can get. So, you know, the Wilson family, Zach, they, they've taken full advantage of it. And, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, like about like my job and what are some of the cool things about my job? And yes, it's cool to work with the high profile guys and it's cool to work with the draft picks. But the cool part for me is I get to utilize all of my experience that I've had and help help somebody else get it earlier in their career, 
all these things that I teach guys, I didn't even know about a lot of these things until I was done playing ball. Um, so to give it to them young in their years, it actually reminds me of, I played in a charity golf event with these professional skateboarders. They've been pros back in the late nineties. And when I golf with them, they just said, it's crazy nowadays because these kids nowadays, they're doing the tricks at 12 years old that we were doing as pros and the things that now we see pros doing, we didn't even, even know they existed. And I think of that always when I think about some of these things that quarterbacks are doing now and the information they're functioning off of and things that, you know, throws that we're repping Zach with out on the field now, like those were throws that like only happened when it was like, crap, man, that was a hard position to throw from back in our day. But you're not like, you weren't even thinking about, okay, my front shoulder needs to be here. My head needs to be here. My feet need to be here. My arm needs to be here. Those are all these developments that have happened recently uh, over, over probably like the last six to eight years. And that's, what's cool about Zach's willingness. You know, people, it's more than just a kid who's willing to drive down. It's a kid that's you know, he recognizes the value of the information. And that's really why I have a job with the NFL guys. People ask, why does a Matt Stafford, who's one of the best throwers in the NFL, come to you guys? Why? Well, it's for those things. It's because of where your shoulder is in position in relation to your front hip, where your hand is in relation to your feet based off all these throws. It's information that back in my day, just no one was thinking that. John, it's always great to have you on the show. And for the record, we think that you would have gone 3-0 and against this schedule as well. So there's that. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? It's been fun to watch these Cougars play. I'm really excited for these games, these upcoming games. It's exciting to watch Zach have all the success. The kids worked his tail off for it. And, you know, when I watch the tape also, man, though the O-linemen, the receivers, like there's a lot of things going on on that offense that are really, really good right now. It's great to see. John, great to catch up with you, man. Let's do it again soon. All right, sounds good. Yeah, Dennis Pitta, you're up next. <laughs> no! No! No? No, Dennis? No, Wait, Dennis. No time for Dennis. Tight ends? No time for Dennis. Oh, You man. know this. I'm going to get a text right after this. Watch. <laughs> Dennis is going to text me. No time for Dennis. <laughs> Thanks, John. We'll work on that. Thanks, John. See you later. John Beck on the Deseret <laughs> First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show up. You know that Dak like Prescott Jerome. hit well, maybe you know there that, is time for Dennis. You know that Dak Prescott hip, like hitch thing that he warmed up with? He got that from, from John. We ran out of time. We were going to talk to him about that next time. Next the hip, time. It's the hip thing. It's the hip thing, man. It's, it's uh, all the rage. Coming up, Troy Warner believes in the BYUSN karma, that's for sure. And how many draft picks in the NFL will BYU football produce after this season? This is the BYU Sports Nation. No time for Dennis. We know that. Come on. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Again, then to kick off, we'll get you ready for BYU and UTSA. 2.30 Eastern Saturday on BYU TV. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. For the third straight week, you already play a home game without fans. Some players and fans are asking questions or making plans to adjust, but do you feel like arrangements could be made for players' families only to safely attend? Yes, I think that there is a plan for 500 people to be safely put into a stadium that holds 63,000. Good gravy. Are we worried about feelings? Well, if we had families in, we had to let everybody in. No, you don't. Just make it a family exception. If you can do a nail expo and you can still have Costco open, you can do this. Cam Meller, on to happier things, Jerem. Lists seven BYU players who he thinks could be NFL draft picks in 2021. 
Zach Wilson, Kyrus Tonga, Brady Christensen, James Empey, Tristan Hodge, Matt Bushman, and Isaiah Kafusi. It's a lot. How many of those seven do you see being drafted after this season? Kyrus Tonga for sure. The others are TBD. Tough for Matt Bushman covering up in eight, uh, Achilles. And then hard to know who would be good enough to come out after this year. BYU does go to New Year's Six. There will be multiple guys that go over there. That'd be a great thing. BYU could have three, I think, three legitimate players drafted in 2021. John Rothstein of CBS Sports reports BYU could potentially replace Notre Dame in the Men's Hoops Legends Classic multi-team event with USC, UConn, and Vandy. Would that be enough to bolster the non-conference schedule for at-large ability? Yes, because I think BYU will have, at worst, one Tier 1 game, neutral site, top 50 team, and probably a couple of Tier 2 games. That's good enough for a multi-team event, given the circumstances. UConn was 60, USC 45, Vanderbilt 142, and the year before that, they would have been all Quad 2 or Quad 3. So hopefully one of those is a quad one. It's better than what BYU is going to face in the Junkanoo Jam. That's for sure. But they be, would have been in the Bahamas. Coming up, Zach Wilson is impressive in his breakdown of the La Tech game in the film room. In my one-on-one with Troy Warner, how karma landed him in the SC Top 10. This is BYU Sports Nation. The pick BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday pregame coverage on BYU Radio. Cougars and UTSA Roadrunners begins at 1.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. I spoke with Fred Warner's favorite college football player, Troy Warner, yesterday about his first interception, belief in the BYUSN karma, and how to handle the hype. BYU Sports Nation all-access one-on-one goes now. Troy, we made it a very important point to give you the BYU Sports Nation karma over the summer so you would specifically get that first interception. You did. Are you a believer in the BYU Sports Nation karma now? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm a big believer in the, in the BYU karma, BYU Sports Nation. So I, I, I thank you guys for that. <laughs> Preparation, hard work, that didn't have anything to do with it, right? I think it had a little bit to do with it, I must say. Okay. Okay. Totally fair. Um, I really enjoyed uh, what your brother Fred tweeted out when someone said, hey, Troy Warner, brother of Fred Warner, with the interception for BYU. And he was like, no, not having it. That's uh, the brother. That's I- I'm the brother of Troy Warner. How'd you feel about that? Yeah, he, uh, he was being nice, man. But, you know, I, I've always been known as, as Fred's, Fred's little brother. So, hey, but that, that's not too bad. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's they've been saying he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So, not too bad to be uh, known as, as his, his little brother, I must say. You're making a name for yourself. Number eight on SportsCenter's top ten with that interception. What was it like to see yourself on SportsCenter? Uh, I felt like it was it was pretty cool. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool chance for me to be on that. Uh, it kind of reminded me of, of when my brother was actually on SportsCenter top ten for his pick six against Boise State. Uh, but, yeah, it was a cool moment for me. Very, very cool weekend uh, for the Warner brothers. Um, now that we turn the page to the University of Texas at San Antonio and you've done some film study, what do you know about the UTSA offense and what unique challenges will they present to the BYU defense? Yeah, I mean, UTSA is uh, they're very talented. Uh, they've got, they've got a, a good spread of quarterbacks who are very talented as well. Um, and then they've got receivers that, who are very capable on the, on the inside and the outside as well as running backs that can, that can run downhill. So, you know, this team presents a good challenge for us. And it's a good opportunity for us to, uh, to prepare this week and come motivated to, uh, to do well. And so we're, we're very excited for the opportunity in UTSA this week. 
I know you and your teammates are anxious to get family and fans and friends back into the stands. It's not going to happen against UTSA, but BYU is undefeated and playing at a very high level with no fans. What's the secret to playing so well when there aren't fans in the stands? I mean, it's tough. It's tough not having fans, not having family there. But uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're just excited that we're able to play football. And, you know, we're, we cherish every moment that we have uh, to, to play this game. And so if that, if that means no fans, then, then, it, then so be it. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to show up and, and play our best ball regardless. And uh, we're just excited for the opportunity to play. I think everybody wants to know what it's like on the sidelines because you're basically the only ones there. So take us there. What, what is it like on the sidelines during a game? Yeah, I mean, uh, on the sidelines, it's, it's a ton of energy. Uh, we, we know as a team that we've got to bring our own energy because there's just not the fans there to do that. And, uh, you know, our coaches like to pride, pride, this, pride ourselves on just, you know, if you're not on the field, be, be that guy on the sidelines, bring the energy and that can bring the, you know, the positive vibes uh, that we can kind of bounce off, off of when we're on the field. And, and uh, I think we've been doing a really good job of that as a, as a team. BYU senior Troy Safety with us on, or Troy Warner with us on BYU Sports Nation, a senior safety. Troy, a lot of positivity and energy happening around the program from a national standpoint. Where do you stand on handling this influx of national respect and uh, national ranking? How are you handling all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously it's, it's nice to be noticed uh, on that scale. But, but as a team, we've all been just kind of relaying the message like, look, it's, it's nice. But at the end of the day, we got, we got stuff to improve on and, and stuff to work on. And, and that's what keeps us motivated each and every week is, you know, there's stuff on the last game that we could have perfected and done better at. So this, so this week in preparation and leading up to the game, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to perfect it and, and get better at it. And it's another opportunity for us to do it in USA. So we're just excited, um, you know, excited for it. And, and we look forward to correcting those mistakes and getting better uh, this game. What's the secret to truly remaining focused and keeping the oft-used cliche one game at a time, one play at a time mentality when all of this is happening? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but – you know, kind of like I said, each player on this team has to realize that we cannot overlook any opponent. I mean, I feel like every team is going to give a, give us their best. And, uh, you know, if we come in, you know, kind of just lackadaisical, then we're risking, you know, getting beat. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what keeps us motivated is we, got, we have to dominate each, each week that we have an opportunity to play and uh, show, you know, show what we're made of. I'd like to talk about your quarterback and teammate Zach Wilson for a moment now because you have defended against him for a while uh, through practice, through fall camp. What is it like defending against the Zach Wilson-led offense? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've said it uh, the minute he walked through the door. I mean, he's, he's one of the only quarterbacks that I've seen make just the toughest throws. And uh, even, even, against, even against me, he's made throws, and I'm just like, how? And, <laughs> that's what makes him so special and, and the leader that he is for that offense as well. I, I think it kind of goes unnoticed a little bit, but I think he, he is great for, for this team and what he's doing right now is, is very hard to do. I don't care who you're playing um, as a quarterback. There's, I mean, he's, he's playing at a very high level right now and uh, super proud of him, but I, I've been in his ear also. Uh, he's got to stay, he's got to stay humble. He can't get too, you know, too high. He's got to, he's got to keep his head down grinding. And I think he's going to do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm, very uh, excited for what he what he's capable of doing.
Hey, I'm all about Troy Warner uh, intercepting Zach Wilson a few times in practice to, you know, maintain those levels. So let, maybe we should give you some karma to, to uh, defend well against Zach in practice. Karma, give it all to him. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's transferred. The defense has only given up 24 points total. Yeah, the offense by nature is going to take a lot of the accolades. They've scored a ton of points, averaging 49 a game. Why is the defense giving up only eight points a game? What, what has changed between last year and even the year before that and now 2020? Uh, honestly, I think, I think it, could, it could be attributed to just the fact that we're going up against such a high-powered offense. Uh, giving us a look each and every day that's, that's so good uh, helps us be prepared going into the game. And uh, I would say, I would say that's, that plays big you know, in, in, in our preparation and how we play in the games. Uh, obviously, BYU has been known to have a stingy defense, and, and that's kind of what we pride ourselves on. And so it's just really not accepting anything less than that. Um, we're very hungry and we're very, you know, we're very uh, excited just to, just to show what we're made of and to play great. Okay, Troy, we'll finish with this one. And I asked you about this right after the game. Um, to follow up with your teammates on their dancing abilities? Because I think you can lead in that category a little bit. Which of uh, your teammates or coaches or staff members have improved the most in sideline or locker room dancing since the season began? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys dancing. Um, you got guys like Wes Wright. Uh, we got a, you know, equipment manager, Billy. Uh, I don't know, like it. I'm just I'm just glad that we've got guys who don't really care what people think from on the outside. They just they dance and, and you know give us the energy that we need on game day, uh, regardless of what people think. And I, you know, I admire them. So I'm I'm uh, I'm really happy to have them on our, on our side. Yeah, admiration is probably the right term there because if you uh, don't care what people are thinking on a national broadcast, yeah. then you are seriously for the team. So I can respect that. All right, Troy, it's good to talk to you, man. Good luck against uh, UTSA, and uh, be well with the karma, my friend. Hey, appreciate you guys. Troy Warner, BYU Sports Nation All Access one-on-one. Okay, coming up, is this what it's like to cheer for Alabama? (laughs) Plus, Zach Wilson breaks down film against Louisiana Tech in exquisite detail. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation continues with a daily reminder. Our show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And how about the John Beck segment today for memorializing it with the John Beck card right there. Love it. Let's go inside the film room. This is fun with Zach Wilson presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. All right, Zach, the second best completion percentage in BYU history, 92.3%, career high five touchdowns. What were you most proud of against Louisiana Tech? No, just the overall execution of the team. You know, I feel like the guys came out. They did what we were supposed to do. Uh, the O-line held their own. The defense got stops, and, and the receivers made some big-time plays. And it started on the first drive, and let's walk through this in the film room. Dax Milne, 39-yard throw. This is back shoulder. The, the ball's <laughs> in the air quite a bit here. Yeah, you know, this is a, this is probably one of the further back, back shoulder throws I've had. Uh, we tried to take a shot here on the first uh drive and and we had Dax running uh actually like a, a stutter is what we kind of call it trying to get the the double move on the corner trying to get him the bite corner was in a bail technique he was he was bailing on the on the route um 
you know, once I started rolling out, going through my progression, I had the over route coming across the field and then the flat tapini. Um, I noticed as I was rolling out that the corner was stacked on top of Dax and then also had his eyes on Dax and not on me. And so I figured, you know, if I just throw a ball that's, you know, underthrown and I, I throw Dax back, Dax can see the ball, Dax will come back and make a play. And, you know, he did a great job finding the ball in the air and coming back and getting it. And, you know, we, we moved the ball all the way down to the 10-yard line. So that was a big uh, momentum shift right there. And Dax did a great job being able to come back and get it. Gunnar Romney, you throw this one to him. It looks like he scores the touchdown initially. They then say it's at the one, but 22 yards. He makes a heck of a play. And uh, you had to dance around in the pocket in this one. Yeah, so we had, uh, we had a little concept to the field right there. Gunnar was isolated on the backside with, a, you know, just a slant route just for any pressure or anything, nothing crazy. And, um, you know, I went through my full progression of the field. Everything was covered. And, you know, my sixth sense as a quarterback, you know, you, you initially feel like you have uh, backside pressure. So I spun I spun right there thinking I had someone behind me. Brady did a great job picking up the free safety fire on the backside. And, um, you know, initially when I turned, I saw Gunner just running towards the front pylon. The DB was right there, but his back was again turned. He couldn't see where the ball was coming because he was looking at Gunner trying to trying to get back on, on the route. And I figured if I just put a ball nice and high, Gunner can go up and make, make a play on it. And he did a great job coming down to catch. Gunner Romney has a touchdown catch. Uh, maybe could have had two, but he at least had the one. 22 yards. This was part of a 37-second drive, which was just incredible. Someone tweeted, Zach Wilson drove 10 hours on weekends so he could drive 37 seconds on the field. <laughs> and Gunner yeah, makes the, the catch and, and uh, finishes that drive. Yeah, so on this play, we have Gunner running a, a fade or a clear or a go, whatever you would call it. You know, we have Neil, who is probably our first our first look at this or the, the tight end coming underneath. You know, it's a high-low play. And, uh, the biggest issue with throwing a deep sail route to, to someone like Neil is is a corner falling off. And so, you know, I really just told myself if that corner wants to jam Gunner and let him go at all, I'm going to throw that ball right off of his back. And so the second I saw the corner, you know, let Gunner go and start to fall off into the flat, I saw the safety couldn't get there on time. And I just knew if I could, you know, get enough juice on that ball, I could sneak it in between the safety and corner and, and Gunner would be able to score. You had three rushing touchdowns as well. I want to highlight one of them. Really reminded me of the USC touchdown that was the go-ahead in regulation and uh from 14 yards out uh your third rushing touchdown yeah so this one you know we spread them out we we saw on film that you know they like to you know have a lot of guys outside of the box to try and stop the pass in this empty uh empty set they actually blitz the will backer from the boundary on this one which you know actually indicates that i'm supposed to throw the ball to lopini katoa where i uh replace the blitz I actually saw a hole open up in the A or B gap to my left side. I was able to, you know, sneak through before the wheel backer was able to come. The O-line or Joe Tukuafu right here did a great job of opening up. Um, even Shannon Herring did a great job setting and letting me sneak through right there as well. And, you know, once you get to that point, it's really just trying to trying to make a play to get into the end zone. Perhaps people didn't notice, but that's because Joe did his job. The backup center, Joe Tukuafu, as you mentioned, played for James Empey. How did he perform? Yeah, he did a great job. You know, he came in with poise. He came in with uh, energy, and that guy was just excited to play. He's been working for that moment, and, you know, I was just proud of how he came out. Well, 3-0, and trying to make it 4-0 against UTSA. What do you think of the Roadrunners on your initial look? Yeah, good, tough team. You know, they're physical, and, you know, they're going to come out to try and uh, try and get after us. You know, that's the that was always our favorite favorite thing, being the underdog and an opponent, is, is no one expects you to come out and, and, and win and put up points and and do big things and so you know they're coming out with just energy and uh, they're excited for this opportunity well zach you can break down a play as well as anybody nice work and thanks for joining me in the film room yeah thank you appreciate it incredible detail right i mean so much insight and 
I think we all knew this, but Zach Wilson is smarter than you and I. He just is. I mean, that was awesome. He's a football junkie. We've experienced this when he was looking back at the Tennessee game with us over mm-hmm. the summer. It's like, okay, he needs to do this all the time. Yeah, and USC was incredible as well. He's, he has a future in this if he wants to do it when he's done playing. Outstanding. All right, our question of the day. When will Zach Wilson and BYU football play a close game, Jaron? Because it's been anything but close. Average win 49-8. to eight. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Kyle Nelson on Instagram says this week, we can't think BYU is immune to bad days. COVID scares, sneaky good opponents. Right. Ranked teams will fall and have fallen this more this season. Any day BYU's luck can change, we have to expect that every week will be a close game. Yeah, UTSA has won some close games against bad competition. So I feel like BYU is definitely a superior opponent. Vegas feels uh, other, uh, the same. Uh, so continue <laughs> to show it, right? Continue to show it. Yes, uh, Vegas feels like BYU is 34 points better. Yeah. So inside 34, is that close? Uh, <laughs> today's Rise of Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward in Stuart Mandel's mailbag in The Athletic. This happened. Hi, Stuart. BYU fan here. Is this what it feels like to cheer for Alabama? Josh K. <laughs> Stuart, you're getting there. You'll know you're there when you find yourself worried about the team after a 28-point win. <laughs> That's going to happen soon. Brace that might yourself. happen against UTSA. BYU wins by 28. Oh, what's wrong? Brace yourself. For what's it. going on? Uh, Stuart says 10-0 BYU, by the way. Made you sign up in the Fiesta Bowl. That'd be nice. That's a New Year's Six Bowl, baby. My rising shout-out goes to Tony Fina, who unfortunately <laughs> has contracted COVID, but says he's doing well. We want Tony to get better in time for the fall edition of the Masters. Please, yeah. Let's go, baby. Rest up, Tony. Get better, man. Our thanks to today's guest, John Beck and Zach Wilson in the film room. Sorry to Dennis Pinn. In spite of John Beck thinking we had time for Dennis, which is not true, uh, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Brian Gray. BYU football with Kalani Satake up next on BYU TV. We'll see you back here in two minutes for that. Go Cougs.